Hi, everybody. And thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, uh, which, by the way, I always like to tell our listeners that we really are much more than a, a daily report. Um, it's really a knowledge platform uh, from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics. Yes, uh, through, the report, through the reports, but also these podcasts and as well as webinars and hopefully eventually live events. And along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of <laughs> China locks down, supply chain blows up. Admittedly, uh, it may be a bit hyperbolic, although I'm not so sure it is, but that is exactly what's happening in real time now. And Shelley, uh, yesterday, the Robin Report ran a great article by Warren Schulberg right. uh, titled The Supply Chain Remains Broken in 2022 Lockdowns. It's a good article. I'm sure you've read it. Excellent. Um, yeah. So something like 1.5% of China's population, or about 20 million people, are locked down. And this, when China is home to about a third of global manufacturing, and they are suspending connecting flights through Hong Kong. As you know, Shelley, many experts uh, believe the uh, supply chain mess might be cleaned up towards the end of the year. Well, now uh, that factories and ports are likely to be closed down in the middle of the struggle of inflation, rising prices for raw materials, along with extended delivery times, worker shortages, and conversely, higher wages, the supply chain mess turns into, yeah, a supply chain explosion. China is uh, struggling to deal uh, with this issue. Uh, and in some ways, they're, they're, narrowly try they're trying to narrowly target uh, where the close, close down or not for small outbreaks. And they also uh, want to get rid of COVID before the Winter Olympics next month in Beijing. And of course, their uh, annual New Year is coming about the same time. All that stuff adds up to a mess. Anyway, so what do you think, Shelley? Well, what's interesting is even before uh, this threat, a study that was done by Namogu and Microsoft's 2002 annual global e-commerce survey. Oh, 2022. 2022. Sorry, 2020. I can't even get my head around 2022. <laughs> right. <laughs> they came out with an e-commerce survey where they polled over 200 senior executives, e-com executives from a variety of different companies um, across multiple uh, categories, um, various size firms. And what's interesting is that from you know the findings compared to last year, cost optimization in terms of e-commerce was not even in the top three investment priorities. So last year, yeah. cost optimization wasn't even in what uh, top execs in e-com were thinking about. Fast forward to 2022, guess what, Robin? It's the number one priority on the list, cost Oh, boy. Yeah. 
So, you know, with everything that's going on the past year and, and now the new uh, elements that are happening, you know, some of the, the here's a couple interesting quotes from the report. One is the impact and uncertainty of the pandemic, including the supply chain crisis, rising acquisition costs means that maximizing budgets and focusing on cost optimization is more important than ever. It also noted that more expensive than ever to get customers to your website, considering the increase in competition. Therefore, once they're there and ready to purchase, it's essential to maximize the return on each of those acquisitions. So now, Robin, you throw into the middle of this huge challenge more and bigger disruptions in supply chain. It's going to be a horror show. Yeah, it sure is, Shelley. And of course, Omicron still hasn't lifted. I mean, some of the scientists say it is, has nearly peaked in the Northeast. But how many sick days uh, can it still cause in our ports, truckers and warehouse workers, and on and on? But some analysts uh, figured that with the coming Chinese New Year, when factories normally go idle, uh, that we might have had time to sort things out and return to a more normal flow of goods. But with Omicron and the potential further shutdown in China, it's like we here we go again. I mean, transportation costs had already gone beyond the roof. Ships are still waiting in line at our ports. And goods are still piled high in warehouses. And also in other parts of the supply chain are having shortages. You know, it's, it's like a mosaic of pain. That's right, Robin. And, you know, the delivery times for products shipped from, shipped from the Chinese factories to the West Coast, they are so long right now. So when we were looking at it in 2019, we thought 50 days was a long time. This is back in 2019. Well, Flexport, a logistics firm, how, now has the delivery time up to, ready for this, 113 days. Oh, boy. That's up like 126%. Wow. And if China does go dark, so to speak, and they have all these lockdowns, what will that number then rise to? Right. So yeah. the chief economist at uh, Flexport said, if you have four closed doors uh, to get through and one of them opens, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a quick passage. We should not delude ourselves that if one of our ports becomes 10 percent more efficient, we solve the whole problem. And, you know, he's spot on with that. There's really two major kind of ways to look at this supply chain crisis that we're in. There's the short-term solution, and then there's the long-term solution, right? So if we look at short-term, so looking at what retailers and brands have to do over the next year, we're talking about how can you pivot? How can you react and respond and adapt to all these challenges and major moving targets that keep getting thrown at everyone, you know, over the past year and a half and now going into 2022, you know, you're just kind of limping along. So retailers and brands are, are on a short-term basis trying to get better access to transparency in the supply chain, um, being able to better predict when issues happen so they can then create a short-term solution, short-term solution to kind of go around uh, whatever issues being thrown at them. The other thing that's super interesting is that, and I've never heard this, so this will be another first for 
my years at least. Um, so retailers and brands are really having to manage assortments down to a very, very tight degree of detail. So, yeah. you know, Pete Nordstrom, who spoke at the NRF Big Show this past week, um, he talked about how they are literally looking at SKUs. So I've never heard a CEO talk about how wow. they are looking literally at every SKU, because if you think about it, they have to really think about supply output. How many SKUs are we putting into the, the pipeline that's going to add more stress to the getting the products out into the marketplace? So when you have all these bottlenecks, it comes down to a lot of detail and managing SKUs, not just inventory. I'm talking detailed management of SKUs. So this becomes all of a sudden, you know, the assortment planning is a now a high level decision. So it comes down to margin dollars and the return on investment of specific products and categories of product, right? Now, so- Shelly, just real quick comment here. I have no, it's like CEOs getting down into the weeds at a very tactical level. Amazing. Anyway, go ahead. Gee. Yeah. And then, so that's all the short term, just trying to get by the next year and a half, right? Right. And then you have the long-term solution for supply chain with Biden's infrastructure bill that's supposed to pump over $78 billion over the next five years to address the interconnectedness of the logistics systems um, that move freight across the U.S. And we know that $17 billion in particular is being specifically um, targeted towards improving the port infrastructure and waterways. Um, 40% of, of containerized goods, 40% of containerized goods come from two ports in the U.S., Los Angeles and Long Beach. That's a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of you know, product coming through. So in addition, the other infrastructure areas are going to be improving roads, bridges, railways, airports. Um, 70% of goods that move across the U.S. are moved by trucks. You know, so we have to make sure roads and, you know, all of that infrastructure is built in too. So the shipping and production delays are really playing havoc on the retail environment and are continuing to do so. Yeah, and you know, we can hope that... um the infrastructure bill and a lot of the metrics you cited and where the money's going to go. I, I guess we, we can just hope that the government moves quickly, which, you know, for the last half a century has been difficult for them to move, period. Anyway, let's hope that that works. Um, and we haven't talked about air freight, Shelley. If uh, retailers and other businesses believe they can switch to shipping by air, if ports close down, you know, forget about it. The prices are already sky high and will just be higher if the ports go down. So, um, Shelly, uh, I know you've got uh, this uh, diagram, which is very cool, um, from the New York Times. And it's kind of a um, rolling diagram. And so in the next uh, portion of my going through some of this stuff, um, our, our viewers will be seeing how this diagram covers this entire mess. Anyway. And and just to add in here, so for the viewers and listeners that aren't aware of this, we have our YouTube, the Robin Report YouTube channel. So if you go to the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see some of the visualizations that we're uh, talking about in the podcast. Great. Okay. Um, 
so, you know, when uh, COVID first hit, Shelley, in the early 2020s, uh, scientists were baffled, right? And the world, the world more or less shut down. I mean, closing businesses that were not essential. Of course, a lot of production halted as well. And the assumption was that consumption demand would fall, which seemed to be logical. But something happened on the way to this assumption. The planet suddenly needed surgical masks. This is a whole earth, right? Needed surgical masks, gowns, and other protective equipment. And half of these goods were made in China the year before. So as they ramped up more production to meet the soaring demand, cargo ships delivered the gear, again, around the globe. So guess what? Empty shipping containers started to pile up in many parts of the world. And guess what? It resulted in a shortage of containers in China, which needed them most. And why? Because they, during the pandemic, of course, they were pumping out goods like furniture, household goods, and electronics. So to meet this, that was, they were meeting the shift in consumer demand from eating out and events and travel. And the pandemic also accelerated the shift toward online shopping. So in the first wave of the virus, April through June of 2020, Amazon sold 57% more items than the year before. Absolutely astounding. And Shelley, uh, throwing fuel on this demand, this demand on fire, I should say, was the stimulus money to keep our economy from crashing. Yeah, hundreds of billions of dollars. And logically, as demand continued upward, those goods coming from China, it overwhelmed most of the ports, the warehouses, the port workers, and the truckers, on and on and on, because there was not enough containers to match demand. And I think I remember the cost of a container going from about $3,000 to like $20,000, uh, which is just uh, insane. And then it becomes a whole domino effect. The shortage of one thing like ingredients of products leads to the shortage of finished goods like computer chips, for example, for automobiles. Ford and GM had to really slash production. Um, and what follows slash production or less you know, supply in the marketplace is higher prices. And it doesn't end there. Consumers and businesses react to shortages by ordering earlier and in excess, especially for the holidays. More stress, right? And then the monster in the room, of course, is the big word, inflation, which continues to soar. <laughs> That's a big I word, Shelley. <laughs> and, you know, the next point here is like a um, trip down memory lane. Uh, do you remember the just-in-time production model uh, pioneered by Toyota? Of at course the end of I World do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Just-in-time. Yeah, exactly. And at, at the end of World War II is when they got they went to that, which, of course, I hate to reveal my age. It was a long time ago. Anyway, yeah, production companies would keep as small an inventory as possible and would buy parts only when they needed them. So just in time. Of course, that only works if you can get them when you need them. Well, what, what we've been talking about here, obviously, since we have become so reliant on 
you know, lean production, part of that whole just-in-time thing, from factories uh, halfway around the world, and the supply chain collapse, you can throw just-in-time out the window. And lastly, uh, boy, this is unbelievable. It's just one more contributor to the big I, uh, as you called it, inflation. Yeah, so Robin, just to loop back to the survey that I outlined in the beginning of our podcast, that number one priority among business leaders, this whole idea of cost containment, it just seems to me that there has to be a threshold of how much higher prices consumers can or are even able to digest. And with this supply chain issue, it's getting worse, not better. The unknown effects of COVID continue, soaring inflation, and what other headwind that we'll be faced with that we haven't even mentioned yet. It doesn't matter. I think we've spread enough doom and gloom about our industry uh, just talking about this you know, one topic. It just has tentacles that reaches every aspect of our industry. <laughs> And usually, as you know, Shelly, doom and gloom is my friend. <laughs> I am never too optimistic. And, and so, so, I don't know, atypical of me, I'll try to wrap uh, this up with an observation of hope. <laughs> and hope is the operative word here. I mean, hope that COVID will leave or become another version of the cold, common cold, Hope that China will not do a massive shutdown. Hope that the supply chain will return to a pre-2020 cadence. And hope that inflation will be tampered down. And finally, that's kind of it with a big wow. That's a lot uh, to hope for, right, Shelley? Yeah, it is a lot of hope. I think that, you know, being realistic about what's going to be happening in the next year is probably critical. You kind of have to have that reality check because all of our hopes of supply chain being fixed this year, in my opinion, there is no bright light at the end of the tunnel quite yet. So for our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and of course, the RobinReport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us to hear the latest about what's happening in the industry. And um, as usual, I just want to thank everybody again very much for joining us. Uh, I hope you learned a lot. And uh, as I, you know, as I request from our audience every week, I hope that if any of you have a major topic you would like Shelly and I to cover, please email me at robin at the robinreport.com. And thanks so much again. <laughs>